Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, Romans chapter 10, verses 8 to 10. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. I read this scripture once again, as I've read it many times. And I wonder how important this manner is after the point of salvation. If we confess and believe, we will be saved. This is what the Bible says. How important is this manner? How important is this approach, this attitude beyond the point of salvation? That we be a people that confess and believe. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Is it possible that we are saved from then on, from calamities and so on, by the confession of our mouth and the belief in our heart? We read scriptures like Psalm 19, verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. And I wonder this morning if we can see the correlation between the text. And we're going to look at some scripture this morning and allow the Spirit to speak to the church. We want to hear what the Spirit is speaking to the church. Amen. The Passion Translation, so may the words of my mouth, my meditation thoughts, and every movement of my heart be always pure and pleasing, acceptable before your eyes, my only Redeemer, my Protector, God. And the voice, may the words that come out of my mouth and the musings of my heart meet with your gracious approval. You see, the right words and the right meditation of the heart are acceptable in his sight. The right words and the right meditation of the heart meet with his approval. It may be that we've heard messages on confession. We've been encouraged and exhorted concerning confession. But can we allow the Holy Spirit to bring a new level of revelation today? You see, sometimes the simplest revelation can fuel a reformation. Remember Martin Luther? Justification by faith alone. This not only rocked the world, it rocked your world. Sometimes the simplest truth can change everything. If you confess with your mouth, Believe in your heart. We know this scripture well, Hebrews 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. That word impossible. Wow. 
This shows us what God is looking for. He's looking for faith. Right confession plus right meditation or concentration or believing of the heart equals faith. What do we expect wrong confession and wrong meditation to produce? I want to ask the house that this morning. What do we expect it to produce when we confess the wrong thing? When we believe the wrong thing? When we store up the wrong treasure in our heart? When we speak amiss concerning situation or circumstance, concerning trial, concerning opportunity, concerning others? What are we expecting these to produce? Can the Lord move despite our shortcoming? We know the answer is yes, but let this not become the norm. Let us hear the Spirit of the Lord bringing a new understanding, and so I read again Romans 8, 8 to 10. But what does it say? The Word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the Word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you look up that word salvation, it's rescue or safety, physically or morally. Deliver, health, saving. And so I just can't shake those words. It says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. Incredible. And so the message reads, the word that saves is right here, as near as the tongue in your mouth, as close as the heart in your chest. It's the word of faith that welcomes God to go to work and set things right for us. This is the core of our preaching. Now you say this morning, this sounds like faith preaching. Well, can I ask, what other type of preaching is there? If you confess and if you believe, if you confess and if you believe, I'd like to say to the church this morning, it is never wrong to confess the Word of God. It is never wrong to confess the Word of God. In situation, circumstance, concerning somebody, you look at them and you think hopeless. It's never wrong. It's never wrong. Get those thoughts out of your mind. It's never wrong to confess the Word of God. This should become our default it is never wrong to let it fill up the treasury of the heart, but that's why we need to get the Word of God into us. And so last Monday I preached a message and I started out by asking this question, and please, I hope it doesn't offend anybody, I just felt to ask the young adults, what have you been shooting into your veins lately? And I thought, you know, this is what happens when you shoot the wrong thing into your veins. What happens? It's carried to the heart and to all the body parts, your extremities and everything, your internal organs. And if you get the Word of God shot into you and you keep shooting the Word of God into you, it's going to affect the heart, isn't it? And pretty soon you're going to start to move. And so I want to ask, what is it that we are taking in? What is it that we are storing up inside of our heart? 
How's the confession of our mouth? Proverbs 18, verses 20 and 21. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. This is a powerful scripture. This is a pointed scripture. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now perhaps you're saying this morning, I don't know about this right confession and believing. Well, can I ask what wrong confession and believing has been producing? You see, the right response from the believer is proper confession, proper believing. Proper confession and proper believing are met with his approval. These are what he accepts. This is what delights his heart. We all have room to grow concerning this. And concerning this, we must fight the good fight of faith must continually store up the right treasure in our heart that the right confession would pour forth. The message, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. I love how direct that is. Words kill, words give life. So the words I speak over my home, words kill, words give life. The words I speak over my marriage, relationships, words kill, words give life. The words I speak to my kids, words kill, words give life. The words we speak concerning the house of the Lord, words kill, words give life. Even the words we speak concerning our nation, words kill, words give life. And so the Lord is calling us once again to examine our confession and the musing of our heart, that it would be met with his acceptance, that it would be acceptable in his sight. Luke 6, verse 45, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil, for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Well, I got a good heart. What's rolling off the lips? Because the Bible tells us that the meditation of the heart is critical, the musings of the heart, the concentration, the treasure that we are storing up, because the Bible tells us clearly that what's been stored up inside of the heart is what crosses the lips. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. 
we see here that our confession not only affects us, but it affects others. Our confession not only affects us, it affects others. And so I'd ask, what is our confession imparting to others? Those around us, those doing life with us, our children, our families, our friends, fellow saints, those that do not know Jesus Christ, what is our confession imparting to others? You say, well, I tell them about Jesus. What is your confession like? when you're not directly sharing the gospel. And we know that it goes beyond our lips. Our whole life is a confession. Our work ethic is a confession. Our attitude is a confession. The smile on our face is a confession. I've got the joy, 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 joy so deep inside of me. Let it come out, amen? If you're saved and you know it, tell your face. The right confession mixed with the right believing in the heart is explosive. What it can accomplish is absolutely incredible. Luke 12, verse 3, Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have spoken in the ear in inner rooms will be proclaimed on the, on the housetops, on the rooftops. Like, if we really believed even this one scripture, things would change. <laughs> wow, would things change. Wow, would things change. Therefore, whatever you've spoken in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you've spoken in the ear and in her rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. And I'd like to say this morning that private confession is just as important as public confession. Sometimes we think, well, the public confession is what really matters, so as long as when I get together with my Christian brothers and sisters, I say the right thing, all is well. Then I can go home and shut the door and vent. Then I can go home and shut the door and say whatever I want to say. It's like one compartment of our heart is full of good treasure, the other compartment we know that's just nonsense. Private confession is just as important as public confession. Do we not know that the Lord hears our private confession? And heaven forbid that our kids hear a confession at home, this private family confession, and then we come to church and we're saying another thing. You want to know something? Your kids are smarter than that. I was smarter than that when I was a kid. You come to church, you're like, you hypocrite, Right? You're saying one thing at home behind closed doors. My parents were not like that, thank God. But you're saying one, just to clear the air, this is being recorded. <laughs> but you're saying one thing behind closed doors, and then you come to church, and it's a whole other ball of wax. You know what I'm talking about. Now, I understand that we struggle with things, but we need to be careful. We need to be real careful. And we need to continue to store up the right treasure that the right confession would pour forth, that the right confession would take over, that it would become default, that believing would ensue in our life. Private confession is just as important as public confession. Listen to James 3.10. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, 
These things ought not to be so. If that was too old English, the voice reads, One mouth streams forth both blessings and curses. My brothers and sisters, this is not how it should be. The message, curses and blessings out of the same mouth. My friends, this can't go on. A spring doesn't gush fresh water one day and brackish the next, does it? Apple trees don't bear strawberries, do they? Raspberry bushes don't bear apples, do they? You're not going to dip into a polluted mud hole and get a clear cup of water, are you? A clear cup of clear, cool water, are you? You know, I believe it is time for a radical change and a radical shift. It is time that we be the spring he declared that we would be, that out of our mouths would flow rivers of living water. That is his heart, that is his desire, that his people would have the right confession, that they would have the right musings of the heart. I believe it breaks his heart when we're storing up the wrong treasure inside. It breaks his heart when the wrong confession pours across our lips. Private, public, it's time to rid the heart and mouth of all pollution. It's time to bear the right fruit, the fruit a tree of righteousness should bring forth not only in our homes, in the streets, in the church, wherever we find ourselves, the right treasure and therefore the right confession. Well, what if we just bridle our tongues? Yeah, this is wise. However, the Lord is a discerner of hearts. And so just because we don't let wrong confession cross our lips doesn't mean we are acceptable in his sight. So we see that confession is just not some flippant thing. And we read the text, Romans 10, verses 8 to 10, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The word near us, in our mouth and in our heart. What word? The word of faith which we preach. The text, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I think of Abraham. He believed God. It was credited him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. And so I thought to myself, if your friend was a doctor, would they not help? If your friend was wealthy, would they not help? If your friend was wise, would they not help? If your friend was connected, would they not help? If your friend was a warrior, would they not help? If your friend was a king, would they not help? If your friend was an inventor, would they not help? Would we believe in and confess in their ability? 
Or would we doubt and confess amiss? Would we doubt our friend's ability? And would we confess amiss? I'm not sure they can get the job done. If you believe in your heart, if you confess with your mouth. You know, there is no friend like the Lord. There is no friendship like the friendship of the Lord. Abraham was called a friend of God. What more could we ask for? James 2.23 in the scripture was fulfilled which said, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. He believed God. He believed God. Now he didn't say, God, I believe you. This is the Lord. Saying, yeah, you did believe me. Because we can claim a lot of things. The Amplified, and so the scripture was fulfilled that said, that says, Abraham believed in, adhered to, trusted in, and relied on God. And this was accounted to him as righteousness, as conformity to God's will in thought and deed, as he was called. And he was called God's friend. Isn't that interesting? Conformity to God's will in thought and deed. Now, isn't it true that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks? That's what the Word says. And isn't it true that the tongue is a little member and boasts great things? The Bible tells us that ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Listen to Matthew 21, 21. So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly I say to you, If you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it will be done. Jesus was a preacher of faith. He preached right confession. He preached right meditation, believing of the heart. He embodied it, and he showed us. Believing is receiving the promise of God. I want you to hear this this morning. Believing is receiving the promise of God, and confession is returning that promise to God for fulfillment. Like two actions of the lungs, receiving and returning, Taking in the breath of God and exhaling are both necessary for life and strength. Breathing in and breathing out. And this is the key to living in Christ. What is our confession? Is it not this, a full provision in Christ? That's what the Bible says. Faith teaches us to press God with the promise, humbly yet boldly. And so we send the promises forth to heaven with a force. 
We pray the promises of God, and we press the promises of God. We humbly press God for that which Christ has prayed for and paid for. He is making intercession for us, is He not? The more we converse with the promise or the promises, the more confidence we shall put in it. What we confess will possess us. You say, how so? What we confess possesses us because it's not only the utterance of our lips, but the abundance of our heart. Does it not possess you? Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. You can have the worship team return this morning. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. And so again, I wonder this morning how important this manner is after the point of salvation. Is it possible that we are saved from salvation's point on, from calamities and so on, by the confession of our mouth and the belief in our heart? Romans 10.10, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. When you look up the word salvation used here, these are included. Deliverance, preservation, safety, health, deliverance from the molestation of enemies. Now you're saying, I don't know if you know this this morning, but Romans 10.10 is talking about salvation of souls. And perhaps you've been thinking that this entire time. Can I take you to Romans 8, verse 31 and 32? What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Now listen to the words this morning. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Amazing. Amazing. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you'll be saved. I feel the Spirit of the Lord asking us this morning, how is your confession? the believing of the heart? Are you storing up the right treasure in your heart? Has brackish water been gushing from your lips? For some of us here this morning, it's a call to get into the Word. It's a call to get the Word into you until it becomes the abundance of your heart. Meditate on that word. You know how quickly things can, can fall away if we receive, for instance, a doctor's report and we begin to take that in and we begin to meditate on that and that becomes the treasure in our heart. Son or daughter, it's away from the Lord what we see with the eyes and what we hear through the ear gate. We take that in. 
it starts to fill us up, overtake the heart, until that becomes the treasure, it becomes the abundance of the heart. And then we start speaking in line with that. We start confessing in a wrong manner rather than taking in the promises of God, declaring the promises of God. The house of the Lord, we come and we even come to an altar and pray for people to be healed. And thank God, people in this church are being healed every week. But if you don't know that, you know what can happen. Or we can become discouraged. We come into the house of the Lord and we come up and we pray and it's like, he's only interested in saving souls, not healing bodies. And we head out and it's week after week. We've been believing in nothing and nothing. And so we start storing that up inside of our heart. And pretty soon it becomes the treasure, it becomes the abundance, and we start confessing that. And you know what happens? We come into church with the wrong attitude, with the wrong belief system, with the wrong mindset. We come in with the wrong musings of the heart. Instead of coming in believing God, so fired up, believing that the Lord is a worker of miracles, that He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever, that His arm is not too short that He cannot save. That he still opens the blind eyes and unstops the deaf ear. Do we come into church believing that? We sing songs. You're the God of miracles. We sing songs. Do it again, Lord. We sing songs. All those things we've seen in the past. We need to continually go over the word. There's some here today. You've received words over your life. God's given you a word, and maybe time has had its way with you. You don't see things opening up as quickly as you like, and pretty soon you think, God's forgotten me. The years are too short. I don't have much time left. You need to take up the promise of God again. Perhaps you set it aside dreams, visions, whatever it might be. You need to begin to get the word inside of you again, into your heart. Store up that treasure until it becomes the abundance of your heart. You know how you drive out things that are not right in your heart? The word of God. The word of God. The word of God. The promises of God. You begin to get that into your heart. Pretty soon you're responding in the right way, aren't you? In situation and circumstance, when things arise, even in your home, pretty soon you're responding in the right way. Where you used to lash out, now you have the heart of Christ. We can't live without the Word. We simply cannot live without the Word of God. I used to have one of these, a little, little pocket Bible. And I, 
couldn't find it for the longest time. My grandmother passed away. I got this little pocket Bible. So I just carry it around inside, you know. I'm in music class with the kids yesterday, and I'm reading the Bible. I'm even paying attention. Just this little Bible. You know, you just start to get the word into you, and you don't have to get into it for a long, long time. But if you just start to pull it out, man, it changes your day. When you're just walking around like a little scripture here or there, sister in the house just last week gave me a card. Didn't you have the bread of life, that little box on your table that you pull out a little? Do you, anybody remember that when you were a kid? Uh, your grandparents had it. You pull it out and you'd read this little, little tiny card. So she gave me this bigger card, and inside there were these little, little cards of scriptures on them. And so I got them in the cup holder of my car, and you just stop at a light and you pull it out and you read it. And you just try take that in, you know, no matter what you're facing during the day, no matter the frustration. Listen, we all face things in life. It doesn't matter if you're up here. It doesn't matter who you are. We're all facing things. We're all struggling with things. We're all facing trials. We're all facing opportunities. We're all running the race. We're all fighting the good fight of faith. If you're not fighting, the fight ain't good. Fight the good fight of faith. If you're not fighting, it's real rough, actually. So fight the good fight of faith. But we need to take the Word of God like never before. I really believe that, and I, I trust. Well, we know that that's the truth. Smith Wigglesworth said these words. There are four principles we need to maintain. First, read the Word of God. Sounds pretty simple. Why do we struggle with that? Blow the dust off the dust jacket. Open it up and read the Word. First, read the Word of God. Second, consume the Word of God until it consumes you. Third, believe the Word of God. Fourth, act on the Word of God. This is faith. This is faith. And so I encourage all of us here today, start storing up the right treasure. This can start right now. Things can become new right now. You say, I haven't stored up the right treasure my entire Christian life. Well, things can change right now. It's a decision. That's what it is. And you ask the Lord to help you. And you might struggle a little bit. But you got to ask the Lord to help you. And you have to commit. And you say, well, I don't have all this time in the morning to read the Word. Get yourself a little pocket Bible. Write out a scripture on a sticky note. Stick it on the visor of your car. You know, the sun can be blaring in the morning when you're driving. Just, you put that down and the scripture's right there. That is not distracted driving, okay? That's divine driving. And so you just <laughs> take in the Word of God and let it minister to your heart. Let it minister to your life. Start storing up the right treasure and heal the musings of the heart. Soon right confession will gush forth. Soon living waters will gush forth. Mountains will be cast into the sea. Deliverance, preservation, health, rescue, safety, physically and morally will start to spring forth because the Word does not return void. The Word does not return void. It will bear the fruit for which it is intended. Let's stand this morning.